welcome back to the Living Love Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you guys today because today we are going to be talking about something that I gotta say, I'm a little bit of an expert in and I only say that because I've been doing it for 22 years now. And that thing that I've been doing for 22 years is singleness, baby. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this today because I know that everyone loves talking about relationships. We all love to talk about love and preparing ourselves for marriage. And honestly, it's the top question that I get from people is anything related to dating advice or how to, like, what to do in your season of waiting and all that stuff. So we're going to hit on all of it today, and I'm really excited. And while I am no relationship expert by any means, your girl has walked through it and been through it, and I'm sure I've had very similar experiences and fears and questions that you guys have had. So I'm excited to share any and all insight that I have gained from those around me and just from doing life. So let's just get straight into it. So the first thing I want to hit on is that singleness is not so much about waiting, but it's about becoming. I hear a lot of people say, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting for God to bring that amazing man or woman into my life, and then my life will begin. And maybe that's not verbatim what they're saying, but in a way, I do think we put a lot of things on pause, just thinking that once we get married, then our life is going to really start, and we're going to really start living for a purpose and living with meaning. And that's so not, so not why we're here on earth. And I think it's really important to come back to our true purpose and really go back to what does the Bible say, why we're truly here on earth. So in Luke 4, 18 through 19, Jesus lays out his mission statement. So this is his purpose, why he's here on earth. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And nowhere in this verse does it say anything about how this will all begin and your purpose will begin once you get in a relationship or get married. No, this verse is applicable and speaking to anyone and everyone in all stages of life, single, married, engaged, dating, whatever. So if you are single right now, you are not exempt from your purpose and from where God is truly calling you. And you are not living a more watered down version of life currently than you will be once you meet this special person. Obviously, yes, I want to pause for a second here and say that you should be excited for marriage. I think that a lot of people, when they're talking about singleness and talking about the benefits of singleness, that they go on this tangent talking about how marriage has its own issues and how it's not as amazing as you think it is. So enjoy your singleness while you have it. And I just think that's so stupid because I was blessed enough to grow up in a very healthy family and both of my parents love each other. They walk very closely with the Lord and they have a thriving, healthy marriage. And just growing up with them and knowing them, I know that they're not looking back on their single days and like, oh man, I miss those days and I wish wish I could go back to being single. No, marriage is supposed to be something that adds to your life. And this person is not supposed to add more stress and more turmoil to your life. They're supposed to make your life even more enjoyable and even more fun and full. So marriage truly is a gift. And I don't want us to forget that or forsake that in hopes of finding some value in our singleness. But I also don't want us to become so fixated on getting married and getting in a relationship that we miss out on these prime years of growth and 
of development in our single days because ultimately marriage is not the end all be all of life. In fact, it's not even a promise. Yes, if you do have a heart where you really want to get married, I do believe that God's going to honor that and that is going to be in the cards for you and I pray you do get married. But guys, we're not even promised tomorrow. It says in Proverbs 27.1, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. So if we're not promised marriage and we're not even promised tomorrow, then how stupid would it be to waste so much of our lives when singleness makes up usually like the good first quarter of our lives? How stupid would it be to waste all of those years just waiting around to get married? We should be making the most of this time and allowing God to develop us and to develop our relationships with other people and with God and with ourselves and making the most of every single day, not just because we're preparing for marriage, but because we have a mission here on earth that is far bigger than marriage. And that doesn't start just when we get married. So it's just really important for us to have a long-term, wide-range vision for our lives in realizing that marriage is amazing. It is a gift. We should be excited for it, but it's not the end-all be-all of life, and it's not something that we should wait around for or put our lives on pause for. Throughout 1 Corinthians, Paul, who was someone who was celibate, which means that he was devoted to a life of singleness, which good for you, Paul, uh, not really the life I want to live, but he goes on and he talks about that there are so many benefits to being single and that he doesn't want the people in the church to miss out on those benefits and forsake and despise those single years. And a few of the things that he hits on were just that you have such an undivided focus. You have so much more free time and just freedom. It's just crazy that as a single person, I could literally buy a ticket right now to Japan or somewhere across the world and just fly there. And there's very few, if any, people that I have to consult before going. I have a lot of freedom, a lot more time on my hands. I don't have children that I'm having to tend to. I don't have another person's schedule that I have to work around. This truly is such a niche part of our time and our lives that we need to capitalize on. And I believe that God really develops just the foundations of who you are and the foundation of your life in those single years because you're able to devote so much time and so much energy into developing yourself and to discovering God and who you are in him. So please do not waste your single years waiting for someone to come along and complete your life because I hate to bring it to you, but this person that you're going to marry in the future is not going to bring some completion to your life or to your identity. In reality, only God can do that. And in reality, that is a very unrealistic and unhealthy expectation to have on another person because we as people cannot complete each other or bring some sense of identity to each other. We can only find that in Christ. So now that we know why singleness is so awesome and so amazing and why we should capitalize on it, I want to run through just four tips that I have for all my single people out there. And these are tips that I've implemented in my own life and things that I have seen a lot of fruit from. So we're just going to dive right in. So the first tip that I have is deepen your relationship with God and find complete contentment in him. So first off, I want to hit on that this person that you're going to marry in the future is not going to complete you. They're not going to bring some sense of identity to your life or finally make your life have meaning. 
it is extremely important to find your identity in God alone because people are not able to satisfy us in that way or bring that sense of identity to us. And that is a very unhealthy, unrealistic expectation to have on another person. So it's extremely important for you to find actual, true, complete contentment and identity in God before getting in a relationship. So a question that I was challenged by the Lord with a few years ago, which really shook me to my core, is would you be okay and effective in the kingdom of God if you never got married? Would you be okay, truly, if you never got married? And sitting here thinking about this question and pondering on it, I, yes, absolutely would be very sad if I never got married because that is a huge desire on my heart, but would I be okay? Yes, I know I would be okay. I know that I would still be continuing my relationship with God and increasing in it every single day. I know that I would still feel complete in him. I know that my identity would still be found in him. And I know that I still would live an effective life. I'd probably adopt somewhere down the road. I'd probably be more involved and intentional with uh, building friendships at church and other places. But overall, I know that I would be okay. And I just think that it is so important that we get to a place where we actually feel so genuinely content and complete in the Lord that we know when we get in a future relationship that we're not going to be relying on that other person for our identity or our purpose. And that is just so important. And that's mostly where a lot of issues come from is that when we expect another person to be our savior and to be the person that makes us feel beautiful and makes us feel secure and makes us feel confident then that's when relationships fail because we are putting in an expectation on someone else that was only meant for God because ultimately our relationships with people should only be add-ons to our life. They should only be the cherry on top of the already completion that we find in Jesus. They should never be our source and never be the thing that we're relying on. So practical things you can do to develop your relationship with God is to get in his word. That is so important. Make a habit now before your schedule gets busier in the future of getting in his word every single day and get to know just the person of Jesus. Jesus is a person. He loves you so much. He wants to have a relationship with you, a friendship with you. Learn how to involve him in your everyday life, in your everyday struggles, in the real stuff. He wants to be with you in all of it. So develop a relationship with him, get a dialogue going, build a track record with him so that when you get in a relationship, you're not feeding off of that person also on their relationship with God, but that you would be fully convinced within yourself that you know who God is and you know who you are in Christ. The second tip that I have for you guys is to get to know yourself. So first we're getting to know God and developing that relationship. Then we're getting to know ourselves and investing in ourselves. And this is so important because when you get in a relationship, you still want to be your own individual person. And again, when you're getting in a relationship, they're not going to provide your calling for you and your mission here on earth. No, that's something that you should discover before you get in a relationship. So discovering your passions, figuring out your giftings and your strengths and understanding and gaining vision for where you feel God is calling you and leading you in life and why you feel like you're personally placed here on earth, because that's also going to give you a really good guideline for the kind of partner that you're looking for. For example, if you feel so called to the missions field and you see yourself traveling throughout the world and kind of living a nomadic lifestyle, then it's 
probably going to be very beneficial for you to find someone who has that same vision for their life. You're probably not going to be able to marry someone who really wants to live in New York and settle down and start a family immediately. So it's extremely important to know where you're called and to find a partner accordingly. And as you get to know your strengths more and your gifts, really invest in those gifts. Start listening to podcasts about those things. Start practicing those things. Try new hobbies, take classes, educate yourself in whatever way. Just invest in yourself and start developing your calling and your giftings so that you're able to be utilized in the kingdom and that you're becoming an interesting person because no one wants to date a boring person who's just sitting around waiting to get married Everyone loves to date someone who's interesting and has something cool to bring to the table. So use this time to just invest in yourself, try out new hobbies, try out new passions, and just get to know yourself more. Also, this is something that helped me so much, and that was hanging out with guys. And I'm not talking about even in a romantic way, but just making good guy friends and surrounding yourself with them and just spending time with them. So in groups of friends, it was just so helpful because I went to a ministry school and so I was just surrounded by amazing godly men and they really helped formulate my view on what I'm looking for in the future. And it was just cool to hang out with different styles of personality and different types of guys and kind of learn what I like and what I don't like and what I mesh better with and what I don't. So it just, hanging out with different guys is so valuable. Don't only surround yourself with girls because we, we need to learn how to get along with guys and how they work and how their brains work. So especially if you didn't grow up with a good father figure or brothers, it's extremely important to be intentional about including some guys in on your life in a friend way and just go and hang out with them and have fun and just learn what you like and what you don't like. So the third tip that I have for you guys is to become who you are looking for and encompass those same qualities that you're hoping to find in your partner and encompass those qualities yourself. So I just think it's so funny because growing up, I would just have this whole mental list of what I was looking for. I was like, I want a godly man. I want him to be physically active. I want him to be ambitious. I want him to be all of these things. And then God just paused me in the middle of it. And he was like, you can't expect all these things from your partner if you're not encompassing these qualities yourself. And I was like, whoa, okay, God, I see you over there. Jeez. And, but it really was just a, a reality check for me. I was like, wow, that's actually so stupid of me to expect all, expect me to marry this amazing godly leader guy. If I'm not even myself doing those things. And so if you're currently walking in sin and you are experiencing a lot of bondage in your life, but you're expecting and hoping to marry an amazing godly man who's walking in purity and righteousness, then it's good to just take a moment of self-reflection and call yourself to a higher standard and just allow God to heal those things in you and allow God to help you become the kind of person that you're looking for and that you think that that person would want to date. Someone told me this a couple years ago and it literally shook me to the core, but they said, who you are around your family is who you truly are. Who you are at home, who you are around those you're most comfortable around, that's your true self. I think a lot of times we like to imagine that when we get in a relationship, we're going to be this perfect, fun, idealized version of ourselves, but that is just not realistic. In reality, we're going to eventually get comfortable around this person. We're going to be living with this person every single day. And eventually what we're going to be like around this person that we marry, it's going to be very similar to how we are with our family at home and with our best friends. 
And so the question that I want to ask you is, are you a good daughter? Are you being a good son? How are you as a friend? Are you being a good coworker? Are you being a good employee? So just really take a moment to think, how are you at home? Because if you're someone who's always snapping at your parents and gets very irritable very easily with your sister, then you're probably going to be bringing that same attitude into your future relationship. And so I just think it's really important for us to be honest with ourselves and really look at how am I at home? Am I being a good daughter? Am I being a good friend? And what are some areas that I can actually grow in in order to prepare myself for my future marriage? And so I actually really like, this is a vulnerable and scary thing to do, but I love to ask my family and ask my friends, what are some areas that you see that I could grow in? Where are areas that I'm lacking that you think that I could develop myself more in or God could heal me more in? And just getting that constructive criticism from people that see you more than anyone else in the earth and see you at your best and at your worst and who love you, that is so good. The verse in the Bible where it says that constructive criticism from a friend is like a kiss on the lips. It's hard to hear at first, but it's ultimately for your benefit. So it's just extremely valuable to get insight from those people who truly know you and truly love you and are able to give you constructive criticism and to tell you where you could grow and where you could develop more. And on top of that, just listening to podcasts and diving into good books and just spending more time in the word. These are all great ways to encompass those qualities that you want to find in a future spouse. My fourth and final tip that I have for you guys is probably the most important, and it is to trust God's timing. I just love the story of David. Because before he was ever crowned king or found by Samuel and anointed as king, all he was doing was just tending his sheep and just being with God and developing that relationship. He was just being faithful with what was right in front of him and with the little that God had given him. And during this small beginning, David wasn't out seeking his destiny or seeking his purpose or trying to force or contrive anything to happen. He wasn't bursting into the palace and saying, make me king. I was born to be king. No, he just was faithful with what was right in front of him. And when it was time, God came and found David. David didn't have to seek him out. David didn't have to make anything happen or force anything to happen. He was just faithful with what was right in front of him and with what God had blessed him with. And he trusted that when it was time, God would come and find him. And that's exactly what he did. God sent Samuel and Samuel found David and he anointed him king and he stepped into his bigger purpose. It says in Ecclesiastes 3.1, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So when the timing is right, God will find you. God is not confused about where you are. He knows your address. He knows where you're at and he will find you when you're ready and when your partner is ready as well. And he knows way more than we do. And so he knows where you're at spiritually and physically and emotionally. And he also knows where your partner is at and where your future spouse is at. So when it's ready, when you guys are both ready, he will bring you guys together. And God does not waste time. He's not someone who just makes you wait for nothing. So we just need to ultimately just trust that God is a good God. And if you're single still, then there's a reason for that. And as long as you are seeking after him and that you're using your single time wisely, then God is going to bring that person into your life at the perfect time. 
And all we need to do is just rest in that and just trust him. So guys, I just pray that you would ultimately, through all of this, just enter into a place of rest and trust in God, that he knows what he's doing. He's so much bigger than we even think he is, and he really does have this all under control. He knows the desires of your heart. He knows who would be a great match for you, and he also knows when is the best timing for it to happen. So guys, I know it's exciting and I know it's something that we all are expectant for and I'm so happy that you're expectant for it, but let's just focus on the here and now. So let's not forsake and despise these single years, but let's let God truly use us and develop us in these single years and prepare us for marriage, but also just to step into our ultimate destiny, which is to make God known here on earth and just become more like Jesus every single day. So I love you guys so much and I hope you were blessed by this podcast and don't forget to subscribe to it and to rate it. But I hope you guys have an amazing week. I love you guys. Bye.